Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. Relevant content warnings can be found in each episode's description. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I'm joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Al. Hey, y'all. All right, so what are we talking about on the podcast this week? It's a little bit nebulous, I'm going to be honest. Okay, <laughs> the, in our notes, the podcast topic that we had listed was this TikTok but a podcast and then a link to a TikTok. Yeah, exactly. So, and we'll include at least the link to that to the TikToker in the thing. I don't know if we can put full links in the notes. Yeah, you can do whatever we want. Yeah, we'll we'll include a link to that. But so basically what we're talking about is kind of like this concept that if you are like particularly gender expansive, particularly if you really vibe with like micro labels or any of the gender identities that are less well known. So basically, if you identify as most anything other than like trans men and trans women, you're probably familiar with the fact that you explain your gender differently to different people mm-hmm. and different people can speak to you in different ways respectfully. Right, right. So like some people can, there's like, there's like, an, there's like an inherent understanding that some people seem to have. Mm-hmm. I think is how I understand what you've told me about this topic. Not just, like, some people, but specifically other gender-expansive people. Right. And I think sometimes I use the word gender-expansive to include anybody who's not cis. um, But in this context, I mean specifically non-binary, like, umbrella. All all genders that are not binary genders. So everybody who's out here, like, not able to pass. Everybody who's out Mm -hmm. here living outside of the gendered system. Right, right. (laughs) Just kind of at first brush here, I think this is an interesting kind of intersectional thing that we've talked a lot about on this podcast, just kind of scattered out. We never made an episode on it, but but this idea that gender should be something that somebody gets to know about you. You shouldn't be able to just look at somebody and be like, that's a gender. Right. Like, you should get to know their gender. and this is Which doesn't mean you can't look at somebody and take a guess as to their pronouns, because, like, you should still do that if somebody's wearing a head-to-toe floral and it's a dress and, like, you know, they have a face full of makeup, like, go for she, her, regardless of anything else. <laughs> like, right. you can still make guesses, but just because you use a certain pronoun, and pronoun is, ex- is an extension of expression, right. it's not an identity. Just because you can clock somebody's expression, that doesn't actually mm-hmm. explain the full depth of their identity, and they may not tell you their identity identity in complete detail the first time they come out to you or the first time you guys speak which i think is kind of what you're talking about here yes in a way so this this is like basically a layered thing so y'all know if you've been listening for a second that i identify there's like a lot of words that i use Mm -hmm. i identify as non-binary that's kind of like the most general one mm-hmm. i identify as trans mask which is kind of like the most medical one to me because I, I got top surgery so i feel like i 
am trans <laughs> You have masculinized your form. Right. I have transitioned towards masculine, which, like, that's not to say that everybody who gets top surgery has to be trans That just, like, feels very inherent to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, like, I like to have a more resting masculine form, even though I am, in fact, gender fluid. There's another label we've been through three so far. <laughs> <laughs> and do often enjoy expressing quite femininely. Like, I'm right. often quite feminine. I just like to be... Mm-hmm. I like to look more like I'm a man presenting femininely than a woman presenting femininely. And that's something that you've been really exploring since you've gotten your top surgery. Exactly. And I don't have to overcompensate for my hyper-feminine right. breasts, which again, breasts are not inherently hyper-feminine, but for me. But for you. And then we can get even deeper. I identify as gender fluid, but like between feminine mass, non-binary, agender, and also a gender identity that I just kind of made up based on a song called Transgressor, which is like when I'm feeling really like political about my transness (laughs) yes um which like is genuinely like transgressors like a really fun like i love when i'm feeling that part of my gender because i think it's really powerful and fun anyway so that's all to say like because i'm here in this space that we've created specifically to be beautiful and gender expansive I'm comfortable, like, laying all those out. But if I just met somebody, I'm not going to come up to them and be like, hello, I am a non-binary, trans mask, gender fluid, asexual, femme, non-binary, mask, uh, sometimes transgressor. Nice to meet you. As much as a lot of people are terrified that that's what will happen. And if they guess wrong the first time, then they'll right. be berated. Like right. I'm just like, oh, hon, like, I just, I just, I go with non-binary and sometimes I go with trans mask, depending again on, like, if I'm talking about, like, how to dress more masculine or if I'm talking about, like, tips on top surgery, which, like, oh boy, if you came here from Reddit, you know I do that a lot. <laughs> so I think that's kind of what we're talking about today is, like, step one, like, the way we talk about our gender with other people is very different based on who those people are. Yeah. Both who those people are to us and who those people identify as. Like, like I don't think I've ever really laid out all those identities for a cis person. Yeah, I mean, that's valid. <laughs> that I Because, like, why? Why would I? They would be like, oh, God, I'm overwhelmed. There's so many words. And I'd be like, I'm not trying to overwhelm you. And like then they'd be like, well, what are your pronouns? And you'd be like, that's a great question. Right. And, like, that just gets, it just kind of, it doesn't actually help the people who are going to be overwhelmed by that. Right. And like, I don't need very much from people to feel affirmed in all of those fun micro identities, if that makes sense. Those are more like internal experiences and like things that I do myself. Again, like the transgressor one is really fun. I read a lot of Dean Spade. I often record this podcast when I'm in that mood. (laughs) Um, Like, those aren't things that I need like my work colleagues to like, be aware of. Yeah. That's very fair. And I feel like in a similar vein, I can think of like a hypothetical situation where you're hanging out with somebody who's cis mm-hmm. and you have come out to them as non-binary trans mask. And mm-hmm. you often dress neutral, quote unquote, which in our society, masculinity is seen is viewed as neutrality. So that's bullshit. But, you know, mm-hmm. and so they've always just sort of perceived you as being like vaguely trans mask being like a really like central part of your identity and then one day you come out wearing like a flower dress or something and they're like oh i thought you were trans mask and 
That's specifically what you're describing is why I don't tell cis people I'm trans mask. That's a valid point. I tell them I'm non-binary and if anything else is gender fluid so that they don't fucking question me when I wear different aesthetics. Also because cis people hear trans mask and they're like, oh, so you're a man? And I'm like, don't, please don't. Please don't call me that. (laughs) But I mean, that's a really good illustration of like, I don't pick what words I choose to describe myself to certain people based on my actual truth. I base it off of what I know they will hear me say. And like, maybe we should trust the cis more again. Like I, I hear that and I do try to give moments of vulnerability for people to be able to show that they are trustworthy. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just talking on like a first interaction basis. Right. And so on that, so this is kind of the first interaction. Then mm-hmm. This is like, we introduce ourselves to somebody and you just give them the kind of the easiest but most authentic. It's a very gender expansive experience to have to declare your gender to someone. I know that when you are a binary trans person, speaking as somebody who still is like largely binary in my... I'm not sure you've told anybody on gender journeys about that more recent discovery. Do we want to have a quick aside on that? I want to dedicate maybe, like, an episode. Okay, but can we get, like, a one sentence on what you mean about um, where I'm largely binary? <laughs> I have recently discovered, or recently come into an understanding of my gender as being slightly non-binary. Mm-hmm. I've started really vibing with the label of demigirl. Mm-hmm. This is a very good example of not sharing that widely with everyone, I suppose. I oh, I literally have only told y'all and L. So yeah. like, we'll do a whole episode on that. But that's basically that's that's where I'm coming from here. <laughs> but like, I had the experience for a long time of, of not having to mention my gender. Like, I have been passing quote unquote for a long time now, mm-hmm. and people almost universally gender me correctly. And so I never really have to have the conversation about being trans. I sometimes like to slip it in that I'm trans. But you don't have to do that on first interaction. You can wait, and that can be one of your tests of vulnerability, where, like, for myself, like, I have to have this conversation before I know anything about people. This is like an introduction. I get their name, I get their pronouns, and then I have to give my name, and I have to give my pronouns, which give my gender identity. Right, right. Whereas I generally don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, there is definitely a stage of especially a lot of, like, early transition for binary people mm-hmm. where you are asked your pronouns a lot because people are like I just want to check yeah. and it's like and that is an experience yeah and I know that that hasn't happened to me in a long time right but that also means that I'm no longer I don't out myself to right. strangers which is a privilege right I do think though so like I think the the point also here though is that this is not the case when you're talking to other gender expansive people. Right. So that's what we're talking about, about layers here. So like, this is the experience of cis people. Whereas like, we've been blessed enough to be hanging out with another non-binary friend of ours more often over the last like week or so. And it's not like we specifically talk about gender very often with them. It's just that being in that space, like right. I'm much more willing to like, say, like, trans mask or gender fluid or transgressor, like, because I know that they won't be like, whoa, 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 back up, what? Like, what? Like, I know that we can just, like, kind of mention it, and there's more, like, understanding. Or if they do, because I think there have been a couple times when we've, like, said something about gender that we have kind of accepted in our lexicon, and then they'll be like, whoa, I haven't heard that term before. But there's, like, a genuine curiosity for other genderqueer people where you kind of have, like, a layer, a level of trust with them. And there's also something very different about being, like, 
yeah, so like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, in such a like transgressor mood. And somebody being like, oh, what's that? And like, they're like, what, what, what is that? Who are you? What does that mean? You are? What are you? As opposed to being like, oh, I haven't heard about that term. Can you explain that to me as like, not like explain yourself, but explain like this concept that I haven't heard that I assume other people are as well, that I assume is a community that I don't assume is just you and who you right. are. Yeah. <laughs> like it, 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 there's a, I think it's really, it's an understanding that like your gender isn't everything to you. Right. Which like, I know people really think trans people are obsessed with gender, but like try not telling a cis parent your kid's gender. Right. Mm. <laughs> I just, cause I think that that is something interesting too around like, People who are cis mm-hmm. tend to, and I'm, I'm making some generalizations here, right? But the, the the general issue that I think a lot of trans and non-binary and just generally gender expansive folks have with talking to cis people in general is they don't really realize they have a gender, yeah. That their gender is like like their gender identity as a cis person. Well, there's always the jokes about cis people being like, "I don't have pronouns," and it's like, okay. I right. don't think you understand. Right, you don't. Everybody has those. Everybody has a gender. Just... Well, there's no pronouns. You can choose not to use no, not to use pronouns. That's, that's a thing. True. And you can, and a gender is can be the absence of, of a gender. That's a fair point. Thank but you for but me. not cis people. <laughs> right, but that's the thing. And so, like, because they tend to have this ideation that like that is something other people have. Weirdly, they tend to think of each one as unique. Yeah. Like every time they meet a trans woman, that trans woman is a different woman or they're all one big scary lump mm-hmm. but like you have to each time explain on an individual level what y- your relationship to those labels are yeah i'm and like i just don't necessarily want to have that conversation yeah and like that's not what really happens mm-hmm. when you're with other genderqueer folk no. and okay so this brings us to more about what the original tiktok was talking about which is like this means different people can refer to me different ways mm-hmm and I respond to the same language from different people differently. Right. So I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. I think that in my more like idealized self, I would be pronoun indifferent or mm-hmm. even enjoy multiple pronouns. But because I live in a world where I tried to do that and I heard nobody call me anything but she, I like, I took that um, privilege. I, yes, I took that privilege away from the cis people around me. I was like, y'all are done. Gave you a full year to do it. And I mean, I was at the same job, so I really do mean the people around me. I was like, I gave you a year to try this. And it didn't work. It didn't work. So we're gonna take it away. And now you have to call me they, them. Right. But I have much less of an issue if somebody who is also gender expansive calls me a different pronoun. That's fine. Right. So I think that's really interesting about that is in context, and it's something that we may have talked about Last year, when we were starting up this podcast and we were talking a little bit more about that, I mean, there was a while when your pronouns were still a little bit up in the air in general. <gasps> yeah, I was scary. And, like, I think something really interesting there is something that you often said to me about that situation when people were calling you she, her, that the reason that it distressed you wasn't necessarily because she, her felt wrong, Mm-mm. but because you were really scared that people were viewing you as, like, a woman plus. That was the term that you always used for me. That, and, like, I also just, I'm, like, my idea of my femininity and my attachment to my womanhood, I mean, I'm not sure I have an attachment to my womanhood. We'll rephrase that. My attachment to my assigned gender at birth is very complicated. Right. But it's still there. So, like, my parents still call me their she, her, and their daughter, and, like, all the good, good, feminine everything. 
Um, same with my grandparents. And you don't seem to have a particular issue with that. No, and I, I, I told, I've never asked them to do anything else. I, I'm fine with that because I know they see me as myself. So it's when people who I'm like, ooh, what do you mean when you say she, her? Did you just look at me and see my nicely rounded cheeks and previously my titties and make that assumption because then I don't want that she, her. Or did you like look me up and down and I'm wearing my orange jumper that brings me so much joy and is very feminine and I have maybe some earrings and I, I mean, I don't wear makeup. <laughs> maybe I have makeup on this day. In theory. And, and did you look me up and down and be like, that person probably wants to go by she, her and then use it because then absolutely use it 100%. If you went through that thought process, please do it. Cause then I trust if I show up in board shorts and a t-shirt the next day with again, no titty, we love top surgery. I'm betting you're going to switch to he, him. And like right. that, if I have that faith, please, please, that sounds fantastic. And I think that the, the kind of like inherent issue with that and the thing that is a challenge that I, if, if anybody who's listening to this is cis, I, we probably have cis listeners, but... Probably. Also, welcome. That's cool. Learning yeah. is fun. Learning is fun. It is really cool if you go through that whole process. Like, if you do, in fact, every time you see a person, you think to yourself, why do I think this person's gender is this? That's a really good habit to be Amazing. in. Amazing. You should always have that little thought process. It's extremely valid, though, if the genderqueer person you're talking to is still not comfortable with mm-hmm. you just picking a pronoun. Right. And because that, pro- like I like I said, like I genuinely think I am pronoun indifferent a lot of days. However, if you saw Josie and Josie happened to be wearing something as gender neutral as this very femme bitch ever gets and had a beard and you were like, yeah, that all adds up to a masculine presentation and called her he him, she would have a breakdown. <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't have a breakdown, but I would be upset. Yeah. I would be pretty upset by that. I think that that would be, that would, that would not be good. So, like, it's still valid. Like, this can still be hurtful to some people. Right. I think we hear that story a lot. I think we know that there are trans and gender expansive people who, if you call them by anything other than their, like, ideal pronoun, it's bad. <laughs> right. And I mean, and that is... And that's valid. That's so valid. I'm just trying to hurtful. tell a different story, because I think that there are, there are other stories, and that's what we do here at Gender Journeys, is like, talk, talk about, about kind of less binary experiences of yeah. things. And like, what gender is in context? And the context here is that maybe you were around other non-cis people, like, I know that like, at our D&D table, mm-hmm. one of the people consistently refers to both you and your character as they, them. So lovely. But the other two people play with your parents, and they refer to everything about you as she, her. Uh-huh. But like your parents fundamentally know you in a way that that other person who is a family friend doesn't mm-hmm. know you as like fundamentally deeply. And he has recognized that they, them is probably the most authentic pronoun for him to call you. Right. And like, that's really cool of him. And I stand by that. Yeah. And I think that this also extends to language that is used for people. So some people will always have very like they they have pronouns that you need to fucking call them and that's you just got to do that yeah um and like best practice is still to ask for pronouns like if you're going to be talking to somebody right guessing pronouns is if you're like you know looking across a room and trying to refer to somebody and you can't go across the room to ask them their pronouns you're just trying to make an informed guess right but it also extends to like language like i think that or i well i know i don't like like hyper feminine language especially ma'am i never like ma'am or miss. I hate them both. But I also don't like, like, beautiful, like, language like that isn't my jam out of cis people's mouths. Because, again, similar to she, her, like, if a cis person calls me beautiful, why? why First off, would you call a man beautiful? I, I mean, I would call a man beautiful. And so, like, some people would. Mm. That's an energy. But, like, would you? Right. And I think, notably, I call you beautiful mm-hmm. relatively often, not super often, 
I think it depends on what you're wearing, and I think it depends on your vibe and your mood, and right. I just think you're really attractive, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Att- <laughs> calling you attractive isn't, like, a very, like, high compliment, but and there's not really great masculine attractiveness Oh my god, there aren't, and I wish there were! Yeah, but, like, you understand, because of the relationship that we've built over the last however many years we've been together, mm-hmm. that when I say beautiful to you, I don't mean your luscious flowing locks and your beautiful curling eyelashes and the ghost of your titties. I mean, like, you just, like, I find the way that you look right now incredibly good. Yeah. Like, I just like it. And I think, I mean, you say our relationship, but I also think that it has to do with, like, people who are gender expansive have done their own work to decouple gender and words we've done our own work to decouple clothes and words especially again non-binary people people outside of the binary right we've done our own work to be like why do i only call women beautiful we've done our own work to be like pronouns are a form of expression they're not about your identity we've done our own work to do all this stuff so i like inherently trust that work in somebody else who Mm -hmm. is gender expansive so i'm when they say beautiful or even if they say, like, again, like, she, her, or woman, or girl, or dude, I'm much more accepting of dude from gender expansive people. I mean, dude always feels affirming to me, personally. I was, was going to use dude as a really strong example of this, because I know a lot of trans a lot of trans women are really uncomfortable with the term dude. Which is, yeah, it's, which is fair. It's a gender term out in the world. It's a gender term out in the world, no matter how much people, like, say it's not a gender term the way they use it, or, like, West Coast people are like, no, I do gender neutral. But, like, I, at least where I grew up, experienced the word dude as a very gendered term. Right. And so, like, when I heard it for a long time, I was like, can you not call me dude? Like, I know that you are trying to be gender neutral, but, like, dude is very not, not to me. Yeah. But when people like Eleanor and, like, other folks call me dude in just, like, conversation, if they are gender expansive, it's, it's like, fine. Like, yeah. that, then I can believe, like, okay, yeah, my dude, it's cool. <laughs> like, you know, it, right. there's something about it when it comes from a gender expansive person. It's like, you have probably considered this. And I think that there's a certain amount of, like, comfort in knowing that if I did say, like, dude's not a good word right now today. I am feeling mad dysphoric and i really need you to yeah, not yeah it's not gonna work for me and like that is its own kind of like yeah because there is trust. also that aspect of like that reminds me of the fact also that like there's nothing that makes me more mad including being called miss and ma'am by like strangers who are you know making coffee or something there's nothing that makes me more mad than being called she her by somebody who i've told that my pronouns are they them because right. i'm like oh but you don't have all this background information you don't know that i am effectively pronoun uh indifferent you don't know any of that all you know is that i said please call me they them and then you didn't right and now you fucked up because that's just disrespectful you didn't know any of this (laughs) right and like in a theoretical situation where you get to know somebody really well and then after you know them super well you're just kind of like yeah here's like another aspect of my identity i I sometimes do feel really in touch with being a woman or being feminine or like even like using she her pronouns like and from a certain person who you can trust understands that that is not the entirety of your identity or mm-hmm. that that you are not like conceding something to them mm-hmm. then you can absolutely just like that person if you've had that conversation after that maybe they can be like oh I see that you're wearing more femme stuff today Try yeah because to- you can also be like I want you to take a guess because also, like, maybe that is affirming to me that if you guess correctly, I'm like, hey, look at this. I, I presented in a way that successfully conveyed what I'm feeling today. Right. Or, like, maybe, like, 
it's just fun to have it mixed up. Or maybe, I mean, there are also like pins and bracelets and like different like little strategies that you can create for non-verbally saying what gender, what pronoun you want today. Great. Phenomenal. Maybe we can start working with those sorts of things. But like, it's just so very different coming from somebody who it feels like understands. Right. Yeah. Even the most, because I mean, I'm also like, we did an episode a while back of like gender in the workplace where I raved about my workplace and how right. they handled my gender, which I stand by. Everybody that I worked with was incredibly kind and incredibly well-intentioned at their yeah. worst yeah. and incredibly um, accepting and loving of me and my gender. However, they were all still cis. Well, most of them, we had a pretty, we had a pretty good number of gender experienced people, but all the people in charge of me were still cis. And so they didn't get, like, they didn't get to have this deep conversation with me because they were still like, wow, it's so cool that you're non-binary. And they were still like learning how to not fuck up my pronouns. So they don't, they don't, they get, don't get this. That, I mean, honestly, they're lost. Because like, you have a really cool gender identity and it's really cool to be able to like kind of open your mind to this idea of gender being like a mutable aspect of expression. Right. Like that, and a political statement, and a political statement. Like there's a lot of power, I think, in being able to like access that part of just identity and expression. Yeah, and like that's why I mean, I just think that's why your gender is so cool. It kind of opens doors to thinking of gender in different ways. Yeah. So not that you need to do that. You don't have to ha- be providing that service to people around you. I just personally really like your gender. I just think it's neat. <laughs> I just think it's neat. Yeah, anything else you want to say? Do you want to give like a quick summary? Yeah, maybe? let's do a quick summary. A little little scatter shot on this one here. Yeah, like I said, it's a pretty like pretty disparate concept that we want to talk about today. But yeah. I think summary is some people, myself included, explain their gender differently and talk about their gender in different words and different scenarios. I think micro labels like transgressor and even gender fluid is a micro label in some circles. Yeah. Um, micro labels are especially, you only talk about them in certain company. They only make sense in certain circumstances. Right. Either ones where somebody else might like be really well versed in what they, they've like done the rabbit hole dive down gender wiki. Uh-huh. Or it's somebody who like you trust to ask to yeah. explain if they don't know. Yeah. And disclaimer on that, obviously, like if your micro label is like you're, primary identity or even if it's not you should shove it down everybody's throats you should desert you can mm-hmm. talk you can talk about these things it's just sometimes you don't want to in certain um environments and i think notably sometimes you don't like i i, I think yeah. that that's something that's really important here is like if you're listening to this and you use microlabel as your primary gender and you love telling people about it continue you are so Amazing. beautiful you're changing the world i think that you're we fucking an stand. incredibly powerful person mm. If you are somebody who uses a micro label as your primary label, but you hate explaining it to all to every single person you meet, and you don't. go ahead and and you go ahead and like use well, no, I was gonna I was gonna say oh. that sometimes cis people don't know that you do that. Yeah, like it's just it's just not on their radar that you might use be having this conversation every fucking time, right? And that you <laughs> would have like things deeper. So like, I want to both validate those of you who do choose your language depending on your company and i want to remind those of us out there who are not in that community who don't have to do that every time that some people do yeah and you should be chill yeah if their labels change quote unquote or if they even just like have told you new ones because they now trust you more right and then also on top of that like language also changes based on that and it's okay i think that sometimes also people feel invalidated when they're like but i don't feel dysphoric when my partner calls me x i'm like yeah it's your partner like, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you can trust them. Yeah. Maybe you don't want them to call you that in public. That'd be fair. Fine. But, like, in private or, like, around 
trusted friends, like, yeah. Or, like, the first time you don't feel uncomfortable. Like, I just think that people sometimes get, it makes, it, it brings up a lot of insecurities if they're not constantly made uncomfortable by these things. And it's like, it is okay if somebody who knows you perfectly and, like, you know accepts your full identity and you know sees you for your full identity either, like, slips up and makes a fucking mistake yeah. or, like, calls you something that, like, maybe they thought would be affirming and it's not, like, that's okay. You or know, that's I, okay. I have a, a really recent example of some, of, like, just a legitimate honest mistake was I was trying to watch a friend's Twitch stream a couple nights ago and I accidentally entered <laughs> a name incorrectly when I joined the chat and I put it as Jose instead of Josie and, like, I, you can't, I couldn't change it. So I was just in there like, hey, y'all. And my friend who was streaming just like glanced at the chat, saw somebody named Jose, said, oh, hey, Jose, and give a little rundown of what's going on, as though I was a stranger. And somebody else in the chat was like, actually, that's Josie. And my friend was like, oh, my God, and like apologized a lot. And I was like, it is really not a big it deal. It is really not a like, big deal. Like, I messed up. I put a typo in. I was trying to get in this chat real fast. I was excited to watch you play Pokemon. And now um, this is an important situation. But like, legitimately, this person, he was one of the first people I ever came out to. Like I trust yeah. I trust this person so much with my gender identity. I had no I I had no like thought that he was even remotely trying to misgender me. And like, I think that another thing that that would ha- come up is if if these these are like high school friends. Right. If one of them was talking about something that happened in high school and you know people just, I it, because it's pretty individual. People don't always know how to refer to trans people pre-transition. Sometimes yeah. they Josie likes to be referred to as a girl and she her throughout her life, which is a perfectly valid way to take that. Yep. Some trans people are like, no, but I was a dude then. Right. <laughs> also perfectly valid. But if this friend of yours was like telling a story and referred to you by the wrong gender or the wrong pronouns, for me, instead of speaking for you, how would how would you respond to that for this friend? I think that if it was this particular friend who was streaming I would probably gently correct, but it, it would very much depend on the company. Like, if I'm sitting in a room with all of my high school, like, all of the friends that I've known since high school have known that I'm trans forever, then I'd be like, I might gently correct, or I might just be like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, these people know me. Like, they know who we're talking about. It was a different time. It was a different time. If we were in a room with strangers or with people from my high school who I haven't talked to in a long time, mm-hmm. I might feel a little bit more like, no, 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 I want to make clear to everyone in this room, my pronouns are she, her. Right. And you, know you should I mean? you should respect them throughout my history. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it, it just like, it would, it would be, it's more nuanced. It depends on who we're talking about. And I think that's such a perfect example of this too. Yeah. Like it really depends on the situation. Yeah. So it's, it's not entirely a non-binary experience, but it is, there's a different depth to it with yeah. a non-binary experience. So that wasn't the summary at all. We didn't even kind of summarize. We um, just did the podcast again, <laughs> but in short podcast. form. <laughs> so, what would you say in, in quick summary? Okay, okay, here? quick summary. We're gonna do we're gonna do numbered list. Number one, it is okay to have like layers to your gender that you like break out in different situations. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Do that. It's also cool if you don't want to do that. Fine. Also, also, it's super valid in both of our experiences that depending on who we're with, we're comfortable with different language, which, which is pretty much the two part, the two, the two pow pow of this yeah. episode. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's where we're going to wrap it up this week on Gender Journeys, <laughs> the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I am joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Al. Bye, y'all. And until next time, just keep thinking about it. Woo!
Music for Gender Journeys composed by Sonia Berdash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josiewrites.com slash gender journeys. We hope to hear from you soon.